When she moves like that, she knows that I got it bad. She could just tear me apart, just shake me up. When we were doing all of the clockwork stuff, we had just tapped into the idea of playing with harmonies in a live setting and um, even going about uh, musicianship that was beyond like the cowboy chords um, of the original just learning guitar tabs online because you wanted to play Smoke on the Water. St. Louis band Hounds is finally doing what they've always set out to do, be the best version of themselves as mature adults and musicians. He is such a mind for music, you know, and he's such a great writer. Um, I, I mean, I can say that about pretty much anybody in this band. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. The musicians and hounds have now been playing together for 10 years, which is remarkable when you realize they're still in their mid-20s. They were tapped to play Lufest back in 2015. That's before most of the group could even drink beer legally. But then they took a step back. They changed their name. Back in the Lufest days, they were called Clockwork. They also changed their sound, and they wrote some great new music. In May of 2019, they won a $50,000 prize in a national band competition, and they landed a deal with BMG. They're getting ready to drop their new album soon. And for now, they're whetting our appetite with a great single. And that is Shake Me Up by the St. Louis Band Hounds. And here to discuss it is Jordan Sloan. He's the band's guitarist and vocalist. Jordan, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. And we're also joined today by bassist and vocalist Jack McCoy. Jack, welcome. How are you? Thanks for having me. So, Jordan, let's start with you. This new album drops in February. It's called Cattle in the Sky. Is Shake, is Shake Me Up a pretty good representation of its sound? You know, I, I really think uh, I think it is. Um, we, we are a very uh, diverse uh, group when it comes to how we decide to express ourselves uh, with music, I think. But we, uh, with this record, did lean a lot into some of the more organic rock and roll styled stuff that we love so much, um, influenced by like Paul McCartney and uh, the Beatles and then a lot of Beach Boys stuff, uh, The Doors. And we're also huge fans of some of the modern acts that are doing similar things like the Black Keys and Rival Sons. So I think that uh, that sort of push for energetic rock and roll that's honest is uh, a big part of what we do. And uh, Jordan, is that different than what you were doing 10 years ago, back when you first kind of burst onto the scene as Clockwork? I think yes and no. Um, when we were doing Clockwork stuff, we were still learning. We were, I mean, I, I still think uh, we're, we're definitely learning um, now. But when we were doing all of the Clockwork stuff, we had just tapped into the idea of playing with harmonies in a live setting and um, even going about uh musicianship that was beyond like the cowboy chords um, of the original just learning guitar tabs online because you wanted to play smoke on the water and uh, <laughs> we uh, we just started diving into a lot of more uh, a lot more energetic fun stuff live uh, as far as the energy of the show um, I think the live show represented more of what hounds is today than the recordings of clockwork did there was a, a lot of artistic I don't want to say a, it wasn't violent or like a uh, hostile uh, mm -hmm. difference uh, when we would get into the studio, but it seemed very clear that three young pretty kids uh, could be dressed up to be 
um, a boy band as quickly as possible. And mm. we did not want that. We didn't want to be, um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I mean, we just weren't ready to sing and dance with face mics. And, uh, <laughs> That's a great we, way uh, to put it. <laughs> yeah. We just weren't ready for that kind of a, a, a situation. And uh, we wanted to explore more music. We, we liked the trippy, psychedelic side of things. And when we transferred over into Hounds, uh, we, we took a lot more of that on. So, Jack, does this feel more true to, to who you all are, or does it feel more true to who you are all n- are now? <laughs> Sorry for mangling that are now. <laughs> um, I, I think that that question is one and the same. Uh, I mean, every time we talk to anybody, one big thing that we want to kind of put forward is we have no interest in being anything other than ourselves. It's just entirely too much work to pretend <laughs> at yeah. this point. So um, I think it's it's very representative of, of who we are, I mean, in general and now. I mean, it, it changes all the time, but the, the music changes right along with it. So. so Jordan, give us a little context on this. You guys came together when you were still in high school. How did you all find each other? Uh, so um, it actually goes way further back than even high school. Um, oh, whoa. There's two Logans in this group, uh, one of which is my brother, and then the other is our drummer. So my brother is our keyboard player. He and the drummer, Logan Moeller, became best friends as of second grade because their second grade teacher noticed that neither of them had friends in class. They were the new kid, and uh, they, she just sat them next to each other like, you got the same name. There's something in common. Roll with it. <laughs> and uh, from then on, they uh, they were just really close, and they're both the kind of people that honestly don't need a lot of friends. So when they found somebody they liked, they just latch on. They're like, yeah, you're good now. I'm good. No more friends. Thank you. I um, love those those sort of elementary school, just how you can bond with somebody. It's like, hey, oh, I yeah. don't need anybody else. I, I got my person right here. Exactly. And then I met my brother when he was born. <laughs> so um, this does go way back. It goes, it goes way back. I don't want to give Logan Muller too much credit. I was there first, just so we're clear. Um, and uh, then we met Jack in uh, middle school, high school. He was in um, rival bands. Honestly, he was a, a really great front man for uh, another local act, uh, Minus Me, that did a lot me. of shows along, <laughs> alongside of us. Um, when my brother, who was the original bass player of Clockwork, um, when he stepped away because he wasn't loving bass, he didn't like being on the road as much, and it felt like we were going through just, it was a lot of growing pains, honestly. Mm. And we started working on the Hounds material. Logan and I wrote that stuff together and uh, recorded it, and he kind of put me put us, or uh, stepped aside with Moeller and I and was like, hey, what do you, how do you guys want to go about this? What are you thinking? And we kind of looked at him and we're like, we want to do this till we die. And, uh, <laughs> and he was like, I don't know what I want. And so he took some time off. I uh, asked Jack if um, he wanted to join, and he eventually uh, decided to join up as a bass player, and he kind of became a co-frontman with me with the way that we go about the energy of the show. And it allowed my brother to come back and be more of like the the maestro or uh, um, kind of conductor as a keyboard player in a very interesting and, and different way. It just mm. it really beautifully fell together, I think. And Jack, you were with this other band. Uh, was it a hard sell for them to lure you into their music? Um, not at all, really. I mean, I've been watching these guys play for, for years and years, and it it's, was always an incredible thing. And so I was a fan before I even joined the band. So um, honestly, by the time that uh, this opportunity came about, I was, uh, I mean, my the rest of my band had gone off to college, and I was just kind of bebopping around town, you know, doing odds and ends and whatever. So uh, I kind of jumped on it. 
Actually, I was kind of doing tech stuff for Jordan in the interim before I ever played a note with him. So, mm. And then the music all came together, but you guys ended up kind of reaching this this point where you decided, hey, we're not clockwork anymore. We're going to be this brand new thing. That feels like such a, a surprising thing for a band to do once it's achieved the success that you guys had achieved. Like you guys were touring around like this 30-state region. You played Lufest. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what made you decide we're going to change our name and start from scratch? Um, you know, when you start a project, uh, and when you're 15 and you look back at it, uh, for me at 22, I think it was, uh, it, it just had been enough time and enough growing up as a human being that you can't, uh, you, you don't really feel like you can move, uh, and have the same freedoms if you don't just give yourself a fresh start. Hmm. So that like that talking in, I think third or second person, um, I'm talking <laughs> in a different person now. Um, me, I, uh. I, I know that I and my brother and uh, Logan Moeller, we all felt very much like we needed to remove ourselves from clockwork and allow ourselves to start, even though it was going to be at ground zero, this new thing, because it didn't felt it didn't feel honest anymore. And um, we, we wanted to just, I don't know, rebrand completely and not have any expectations of like, oh, are you guys going to play this song? Because there was, there were some songs that people looked forward to mm-hmm. at Clockwork shows and we didn't want any expectation of like, oh, are they going to play? Like we had a song called All Right. We had a song called Fire and a song called um, uh, Long Way Down that we're always like really looked forward to at those, at those performances. And we had to be like, no, we're not doing that. We're not ready for those things. And some of those are going to resurface over time, but there's some that just needed, needed to be locked away for us. And, Mm. um, we wanted, uh, we just wanted a new start. And so the rebranding was kind of more healing. It was definitely uh, a move for us more than it was for anybody else. It's interesting. I feel like so many people in that situation end up losing their bandmates, but you guys decided to keep your bandmates. What kept you together? Even as you were sort of scrapping your greatest hits you were scrapping your name you still wanted to play with these same people uh i think for uh my brother and i it was christmas uh and you know the different things that we do together all the time because we're family so we see each other so much that even in his absence we were i was always pining after the idea of being like hey i know you're not doing this right now but you should think about it you should think about it you should do it you should write stuff oh i love this song you're writing and so i think the constant communication was big um Mm -hmm. I knew uh, Logan Muller and I, when Logan Sloan stepped aside, um, he and I, we took about, it was like a week off. We didn't talk to each other. And then we got together and we went off into this this hike and just like found a cave and just, uh, we drank beer in a cave and just talked about uh, what we really wanted and how, I mean, honestly, it was, it was kind of a heartbreaking situation. We were disappointed. We didn't know what the future was going to hold as we were going to the next thing we just completed this record um we just started game planning and i think that we honestly just we wanted this so much that we knew we had to figure it out and we didn't know if logan was ever going to come back or if he was going to be just needing a couple months off or a year off or three years off but we just we've this is just what we wanted we trusted each other and mm. then jack was already kind of in the circle at that point and it just became a a new thing of us learning how to trust a four-piece unit instead of a three-piece unit. Hmm. Jack, was that hard then to absorb that additional member as as you went to the four? Um, I mean, there was. I mean, we're kind of skipping over a few years here. There was yeah. probably <laughs> two two years where it was the three of us. So mm-hmm. yeah. I was filling those those massive shoes that Logan Sloan left, and you know he like he was still a huge creative part of the band at that point. I mean, a lot of the material 
was written by him or co-written between Jordan and Logan or just written by Jordan. So um, I was just kind of singing and playing all the parts that he would have played. And so I was kind of a copycat for a couple of years, I guess hmm. you could say. Um, and then I kind of developed my, my own identity eventually. But then when he came back, it was like, oh, this is it's creatively so satisfying because he's he is such a mind for music, you know, and he's such a great writer. Um, I, I mean, I can say that about pretty much anybody in this band. Um, I won't say it about myself because I'm not that conceited. But <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, but, uh, you know, just opening up the opportunities to have four-part harmony and, you know, everybody bouncing ideas off each other because that's kind of the beauty of this is best idea wins, you know, and it, it only benefits the, the group at that point, so... We're talking to the band Hounds. Uh, that is Jack McCoy, whose voice you just heard. He's the uh, bassist and the vocalist. And we're also hearing from Jordan Sloan, who's also a vocalist, and he's the band's guitarist. And we want to give another example of this new sound. Um, they have a new album that's going to be coming out in February called Cattle in the Sky. But in addition to the single that we heard earlier, we have another track, which is the cover of a Jet song. Let's listen to Look What You've Done. Take my photo off the wall if it just won't say you. Cause all that's left is gone away and there's nothing there for you to prove. Look What You've Done, originally by Jet. Now, this version there is by Hounds. It's such a lovely version. Uh, Jordan, what drew you to this song? Actually, so this was a, a whole process uh, for us. Over just the initial phases of quarantine and uh, us trying to figure out what 2020 was going to look like for Hounds, um, we uh, got together, and our record label has a huge catalog of songs that we have access to. This was one of them, and uh, Jack, being a huge Jet fan, Mm -hmm. uh, he pushed for Guilty. this one originally, and uh, I was I was for it, but it wasn't one of my top picks, honestly. And uh, I remember my my brother Logan was at the first mention of it, so against it. <laughs> he was like, "Absolutely not! I hate this song. It's so boring. We're never gonna do anything with it." <laughs> and uh, uh, sup, Jet? If you're listening, my brother hates it. Um, <laughs> but uh, he came back. It was the next rehearsal, two days later, and he's like, "Okay." I wrote out all the parts. I have all this stuff. We're going to do this song. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> what a 180. All right, cool, man. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, check it out. What you got? And he uh, he really wanted to approach it with Mellotron flutes and all these different sort of... Um, he The way he mentally, I guess, mapped it out was this orchestral piece. And uh, we just started piecing it together component by component. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was... 
a no-brainer after a minute. It, I don't even think we spent that much time collectively going about it hmm. other than the very end of the song when the full band is in because we just knew uh, how we wanted to write the harmonies and we knew how we wanted to go about the beginning structure with it being primarily keys. So it fell on, on Logan for that one and then f me for just singing my lead part and then the rest of the group for coming up with how we wanted to stack all these moving harmony pieces. Um, but but it was... Uh, it was interesting. It sounds great. And, you know, you mentioned earlier the Beatles as an influence. Boy, I can just hear them in this song. And that is a big compliment in my case. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, but look, I mean, you mentioned that you're kind of trying to, to find your way in this pandemic, as I know all musicians oh, yeah. are. How has that changed the game for you guys at this point? We have had to work very hard to be patient. Um, I know, we, I mean, beginning of this year, we were traveling a lot. We were in L.A. Uh, at the beginning of the year for some showcases, and we were in Nashville for some show showcases. We spent some time in Anaheim for the NAMM convention that we love, seeing uh, a lot of our friends and people we work with. And we come home gearing up for South by Southwest and had some showcases for that, and then we get the email, South by's canceled. We're uh. like, what? What is happening? And it was after that, everything was just rolling through and closing their doors and it went from being the uh year of all right we're about to re we were getting ready to release shake me up in march mm. and uh th it's been all the way up until now that it's been held off because we wanted to make sure that um it was going to be a, a very uh, successful release that the label was going to be happy that we were going to have the assets that we needed and also be able to i mean no one was ready for even live shows right until this year um i, I don't think i've ever done an, a live internet show to the uh, 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 or to the point that we've done them. I mean, even later today, we're going to be setting up for another one we're doing on a platform called Sessions hmm. on Sunday. Uh, we have a sound check for that coming up, and it is uh, it's just a very different world for musicians and artists alike right now. I think it's been a test of do you, how much do you want this? Do you really want this? Because if you're not going to work at it when no one's looking, why should people look later? Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, been my own personal challenge, and I think a challenge for many musicians. And Jack, do you feel that, like, you know, you're sure that you want it? You're going to keep working because you guys are all in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's very helpful, you know, having a support system like we do. And, you know, we have great family, friends, but not to mention uh, a label and, you know, people that are working for us even when we're not, you know. So if we're eating dinner, it's very likely that somebody's, you know, on the other side of the country, you know, working diligently, whether it's for social media or for promotion or whatever. So knowing that, that it's kind of bigger than you at this point is, is a very easy way to keep going. Also, there's a lot of people holding us accountable, but hmm. yeah. You're, you're motivated because you, you need to keep it up for them in addition to yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I got some people kicking my butt if I, uh, if I don't do as told. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're glad of that because this is some great music. And, and I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. Uh, Jack McCoy, bassist and vocalist for Hounds, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. And Jordan Sloan, uh, guitar and vocals for Hounds, thank you as well. Thank you so much for having us. We, we loved it. And you can find out more about Hounds on houndssounds.com. We'll also have that linked on our website, stlpublicradio.org. And let's go out of the show with the earworm that I just can't stop listening to, and that is Hounds' new single, Shake Me Up. I'm singing, baby, please say that you love me. Say that you love me when she moves like that. She knows that I got it bad. She could just... 
Monday on St. Louis on the Air, it's our legal roundtable. We'll discuss a lawsuit about Tofurky. We'll talk about that lawsuit uh, from St. Louis County restaurants trying to get back open. And even a lawsuit from a woman who says she was fired for being ugly. A jury in Springfield just awarded her $100,000. More reporting from the St. Louis on the Air team is available at stlpublicradio.org. Never miss a conversation by subscribing to our podcast. You can find St. Louis on the Air on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts on the App Store. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hemphill, Lara Hamden, Emily Woodbury, and Alex Hoyer. The audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. Happy Friday. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.